Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett here with Heartbeat International's President Jarell Godsey. And also joining us is our guest, Amy Ford. She is an author, a speaker, and president of Embrace Grace. So Amy has a story of her own that we'll be sharing in just a bit, as well as how listeners can partner with Embrace Grace. But I also want to note our sponsor for this episode, it's Pregnancy Help News. So this is where I go to keep up with news and stories of what's happening in the world of pregnancy help. You can visit PregnancyHelpNews.com and sign up for their weekly digest so that the latest news comes straight to your inbox. And again, that is PregnancyHelpNews.com. Thanks, Amy, for joining us. It's uh, really great to see you again and to talk with you. Actually, we were just together in Dallas, like not terribly far from your home and from your office there at Embrace Grace. And we were doing uh, the Sea Life 21. I should say we. I got to stand on stage for just a few minutes, but you were like on the stage the whole time and doing backstage stuff. So uh, talk about that for a minute. What was that like standing on a stage in front of thousands and thousands? Well, thank you, Jarrell, for having me on. That was um, that was really fun. The, the crowd part doesn't bother me. I've done that enough to be used to it. But it was a lot because I was backstage host plus co-host on stage. There was a lot of going back and forth, running off for like three minutes, doing an interview backstage, running back on. And so I was very terrified that I was going to miss a cue, miss a spot, um, I think there was only one mishap where I didn't have an extra microphone in my hand when I needed it. But we totally, me and Jim Daly are pretty good about just winging it. And like, we just went with it and made it lighthearted, like, haha, we don't have a microphone in my hand and I needed it to interview someone. But besides that, it went great. I'm, I'm glad it's over, but it was really awesome. And it was great to see so many people turn out for the Focus on the Family event and uh, people that are just passionate, passionately pro-life and looking for their place to serve in the pro-life movement. And so many pregnancy centers were there from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and the ICU mobile units. It was just really awesome to see everybody coming together for one cause and celebrating life. Excellent. And it was really a joy to watch you do your thing because you really are excellent at just um, speaking life and speaking uh, just the positivity of uh, what it means to work with work with uh, the type of people that we do and help them understand that. And all of that, like, can you, could you have imagined what is it, 20 some years ago when you were encountering kind of your own adventure, your personal adventure, that even this was even possible? Like, go back, take us back to that, those early moments when uh, your life kind of turned upside down. Yeah, no, I cannot. I've, people ask me that all the time. Like, did, could you ever have imagined that this would happen? And no, the answer is no, never in a million years. But it is true that God does turn our messes into miracles. He turns our every, you know, if we love him, everything, he can turn everything that's bad for good. And it's a promise. And so, um, yeah, I had an unexpected pregnancy when I was 19. I was totally terrified. I was terrified of telling my parents. I was terrified of um, my, uh, family just like disowning me, my friends leaving me all fear just kind of just takes over. And I kind of went on in robot mode, you know, trying not to feel anything. But even though I grew up knowing abortion was wrong, I really felt like that was my only option in that moment. And the father of the baby felt the same way. And so we scheduled the abortion appointment And we went, we paid for it and everything. And all of those emotions that I had suppressed and tried not to feel, it basically erupted into um, 
in that moment. And I actually hyperventilating, hyperventilated and passed out in the abortion room. And when I came to, the nurses were fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water. And this all happened as they were trying to explain to me what they were about to do. Um, but I, a nurse came to me and she said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. So I went back out in the waiting room. My baby daddy was out there. I told him, you know, he could see my face was so swollen from crying so much. And I said, we're still pregnant. And we just kind of decided in that moment, like, okay, I guess we'll just figure out what we're going to do. We'll deal with the consequences of, of what we've done. And if we're going to be homeless and all those terrible things, you know, we just thought our, our dreams were over, our life was over. And we went and told our parents it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Um, but they definitely were disappointed in the timing. And we had, me and Ryan had been together for many years and we knew someday we wanted to get married. It just not necessarily in this order. And we decided to get married when I was 16 weeks pregnant. And we had gone to the pastor that had led my husband to the Lord years before. And we asked him if he would marry us. And he, like my husband, loves this guy. He had discipled him and he just like really loved him and looked up to him. But this guy was so disappointed. This pastor was disappointed in us. And he said, I'm sorry that I can't bless this marriage. So I will not marry you. And we were just like, oh my gosh, we are such horrible people. We can't even get married right. Like we can't be blessed in our marriage. And we found someone else that would marry us. And we had such a beautiful wedding, but it felt like a scarlet letter. Like there was so much shame on that day that I carried. And um, and even after the wedding, you know, I tried to go back to church, but it's like the elephant in the room and people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. So they don't say anything. And then you just feel alone in a crowd of people. And that's the way. And so then we just kind of stopped going because we didn't really like the way it made us feel when we went to church. And one thing, though, that's really cool is that pastor that wouldn't marry us two years later, we had a little boy and his name is Jess and he's amazing. I say he's a little boy. He's 22 years old now. And actually working in the pro-life movement, which is amazing. Um, he works for Choose Life Marketing. And uh, he um, writes for Focus on the Family pro-life blogs. He um, he is an ambassador speaker. And we speak together, you know, uh, pregnancy center banquets and things like that. It's really cool that we get to work together now in the pro-life movement. But um, when he was two years old, that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he called us out of the blue and he called my husband and he said, I need to ask for forgiveness. And he said, I feel like this was the worst mistake in pastoring history that I've ever made. And I think about it every single day. Will you forgive me? And my husband was like, yes, of course, I forgive you. I mean, he loves this guy. Even to this day, they are they talk probably at least once a week. He's a pastor in Austin, Texas, and we're in Dallas, Fort Worth area. So they talk on the phone a lot. And, uh, but then when my son was 16, this pastor asked me to come speak at his church and talk about a pro love message and, and all of that. So I did it. I did my thing. And afterwards he asked me to come back on the platform and he asked my son, Jess, who was 16 at the time to come back on the platform in front of everyone. And he said, and he was very open with his congregation before I had gotten there about like what I had, what he had done years before. He told them that he had a religious spirit, a Pharisee heart. Um, and this is what I did. But now this is Embrace Grace, the ministry that has launched from it. And he was just very open with them. But after I had spoke, he asked me to come back on the platform. And he said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you, will you forgive me? And I was like, of course, that was 16 years ago. Like I forgave you a long time ago. We love you so much you know, all of that. Well, then he looked at my son 
16 in front of the whole church. And he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I forgive you. And it was such a powerful moment. Like you could feel church wounds being lifted in this room. It was just amazing to see like just the the audience um, just watching how this pastor would humble himself in that way was just amazing. So all of going through all of this has really helped me understand the power that the church has. Like I grew up in church my entire life and never knew there was a pro-life movement. No one ever told me there was. So even knowing I didn't know what a pregnancy center was. And back then, you know, 22 years ago, there wasn't really Google wasn't as prominent, you know, as it is now. So we probably looked in the phone book, looked for abortion clinic, found one, went straight there. And I, if I would have known there were pregnancy centers, I probably would have gone to one, but I, no one ever told me about it. And, and, uh, and so if I look back and think what, how the whole story would have been a lot different if I had thought, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. Um, I need help. Maybe if I go to my church that I go to every single week and ask for prayer, for wisdom, for guidance, for support, maybe they can help me know what to do. But that was the last thought and the last place I knew to go to. And it wasn't until, um, you know, we started Embrace Grace, which if anyone hasn't heard of Embrace Grace, it is a, it's small groups for women with unexpected pregnancies in churches all over the nation. And we partner with pregnancy centers and it's such a great relationship because you guys can refer your clients to the church to be discipled and to be loved on and they get a baby shower and, and all of that. But, um, when we started Embrace Grace, it started just at our church. Like we never in a million years thought it was going to be a nonprofit that we, you know, provide all the curriculum and tools. It just happened. But I remember the first, so I wrote my first book, A Bump in Life, and it's just 20 stories of girls that chose life. I, when As I was leading Embrace Grace and hearing all these miracles, I was like, someone needs to write these miracles. This is amazing. And so I'm like, well, I guess that's me. So I wrote it. And after I wrote it, it was in 2013 or 14 and Embrace Grace had just barely become a nonprofit. And I was asked to speak at CareNet conference at just do like a panel interview or whatever. I'd never heard of them. Um, never heard. If someone would have said I work in the pro-life movement, I would have assumed that they meant they pick it outside abortion clinics because that's like the only thing that the news likes to show. Like that is what would have crossed my head. I would never have known. So I went, I was like, sure, never heard of you, but I guess I'll go. But I was, whenever I got there and just like at heartbeat conferences, you know, the vendors and all the vendors are like the nonprofits, more boots on the ground or resources that are serving the pregnancy centers, but all of these people that are really doing something to help empower these women. And I remember just walking around and seeing all these vendors and I'm like, how come no one told me? about all of this? How come I've gone to church my entire life and no one told me that all of this help is out there that exists in the world, but I had no idea. And then as we were there, pregnancy center directors would like, we would, we like hurried up and printed up brochures. We were baby ministry at the time, printed, printed uh, pull up banners and pregnancy center directors would come to us and, you know, we'd give them our spiel, like, you know, you can have a group in your community, blah, blah, blah. And so then the pregnancy centers would 
say, this is really cool. Can I take this back to my um, community and try to get a group started at a church that we partner with or a new church we want to partner with? And we, and they're asking us permission. And I was like, yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) And that's really how we found our space in the pro-life movement. Because again, I didn't know there was a pro-life movement. So when we started Embrace Grace, we didn't think we're starting a pro-life organization. Like that wasn't really even our heads. It was, we want to help women with unexpected pregnancies. But then as we started getting more and more and more involved and even partnering with you guys, Jarrell, and, and Heartbeat and just all of the amazing pregnancy centers that are out there, we have found a place in the movement. And we feel like the church and the pregnancy centers working together, whether it's a church or parish, that we can really link arms and and do it. We can be stronger together. We can um, refer our resources together, the people Um, The manpower, the church has the manpower, the volunteers that can be referred back to the center. So Embrace Grace is a great bridge between the two to be able to get the people back there. So we have almost 700 support groups, 47 states and 10, no, 49 states, actually. We're only missing South Dakota um, and 10 countries that do Embrace Grace. And we um, we partner with pregnancy centers all over the nation. And we're just so in awe of the amazing work that the pregnancy centers do. I love how Tony Evans says that the pregnancy centers are the first response team and the church is the hospital. And that is so powerful and so true. Like you guys are boots on the ground and I speak at a lot of pregnancy center benefits. And one of the things that I talk about is how we at the church get to see the fruit of what you guys at the pregnancy centers are doing. Like the girls are in our group. I had, I started a new semester last night and we had about seven or eight girls. You know, I lead the national organization, but I also lead my own group. So about seven or eight girls, but three or four of them came from a pregnancy center, but each one of them said it was the sonogram. It was hearing the heartbeat a lot of them were pressured by their boyfriend to have the abortion, but yet going to get that support for at the pregnancy center was why they're still pregnant in the first place. So we get to see the fruit of your labor and we're just so in awe and we're cheering you on and we're so proud to partner with you guys. We just think you guys are amazing. Thanks, Amy. That, that's uh, quite the kind of a uh walkthrough as far as the history and where we get. Now, one of the key key things that you interact with is going to be pregnancy center leaders and then pastors. And this is, of course, in every pregnancy center, there's always this desire and effort to engage the church, get them involved. So thinking in specific terms of like, what are some maybe frequently asked questions that you've had from from pregnancy centers, how do I speak to the pastor on this topic? And, and particularly with like how you found is your own story is encouraging them to be loving and embracing and kind of be careful not to step into that kind of shame culture. Like what would be some of the uh, ad- words of advice that you would give to pregnancy center uh, executive directors or church engagement team of how to talk to pastors? Well, I think definitely there's two main things that seems like the, or actually three, that pastors kind of their first questions or responses to this or that they're unsure of. One is, is this political? No, this is not political. This is just loving people. That's it. So, and that's why we even use the word pro-love a lot because sometimes pro-life can be a political term to some pastors and they try to shy away from that. So just, um, you know, saying this is about loving people. The second thing is, is this rewarding sin? 
Is this condoning bad behavior because they get a baby shower and they're loved on and they're celebrated. But I just encourage all the pastors to read the prodigal son story. You know, if you think about how he was off and spent all his dad's money and was with prostitutes and, you know, he was eating the leftovers of the pigs and said, well, maybe if I go back home, I could eat the leftovers of my dad's servants. That would probably be better than what I'm doing right now. But my favorite part of that is that in the story, it says, and while he was a long way off, the father ran to him and he had a servants put a robe on his back and a ring on his finger. And I love how it says that because I feel like we could embrace grace girls and probably as you guys as pregnancy center directors, um, sometimes they feel a long way off. But what we've seen in Embrace Grace is they've turned. They've turned to their heavenly father, even if they're still a long way off and God is there waiting to, to bring them in. And a lot of times we can be like the other brother that was like, well, that's not fair. You're going to throw her a party and celebrate her after all that she did. When the father told the son um, that stayed, he said, you know, son, everything you have, like you you have everything you need in me. So come and let's celebrate that your brother was lost and now he's found. And we get to be a part of the celebration. So just reminding the pastors that this is about loving people. It's not our job as the church to fix people. It's our job to love people and allow the Holy Spirit to change lives. And so... Yeah. Well, I, I want to just talk about it because I, I know uh, our friend, mutual friend, Kristen Hawkins says uh, pregnancy is not sin. Right. It's, you know, it, it, it's not a sin to be pregnant. It's, you know, it's maybe it might have been part of how someone got pregnant, but the but the pregnancy is not a sin. And we need to be very, very careful to distance ourselves from that kind of thinking. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, is this rewarding sin? Um but, uh, but the, that little baby is not sin. That little, right, it's a miracle. Uh, the, the pregnancy, exactly. The pregnancy is not sin. So thanks for calling yeah. that out. And even with Embrace Grace, we're not even like, you know, let's talk about your pregnancy. That is part of it. But it's more of like, what's the root? Like, how did we get here? And how can we help you heal? Um, whatever it is, because a lot of these girls have had trauma and all kinds of stuff. So we want to help them in that. But the third to answer your question is sometimes pastors are like, oh, we don't have pregnant people in our church. And statistics say otherwise. They actually do have pregnant people in our in their church. But say that it is a teeny tiny church in a small teeny tiny town, and there's you know fifty people, and they all are over sixty years old, and there really isn't pregnant people in their church. But to change the perspective of the pastor to say this is an outreach, go partner with your pregnancy center, go tour it. Go talk to your pregnancy center directors in your town and in your community and ask them how you can help because you can't just wait for them to walk in the doors because most likely they're not feeling comfortable to do that. Even if you feel like you're creating a safe place for them, they're not going to feel like that's going to be the first thing that pops through their head unless there is something like an Embrace Grace group there. But to, to change the perspective, this is an outreach, just like you'd go feed the poor or go you know find people on the street corners, like go find these girls at Ask God to show you where they are, but obviously pregnancy centers are a huge referral source for these girls and to really ask the pregnancy centers how we can partner with you and help you and letting them understand that this isn't, it's not about people in your church. This is about people in your community that need help and hope in Jesus. Which could also be those that are, I mean, if, like if you mentioned an, an older church, right? So, mm-hmm. but they're, they're typically 
moms and dads and then grandmothers and grandfathers, right? So, so it's, they may not be the target, like the target may not. And I would, I like you, I would question that, but the, uh, but they know who are the target, like who's in their neighborhood, who's in their, who's in their sphere, even in their own family who might be experiencing uh, and, you know, an unwed pregnancy or unplanned pregnancy uh, and feeling some of the same things that you felt, although you were, you were anchored in the church when that, when you mm-hmm. went through that. Others are, are farther away, particularly in our, in the day and age that we live in now. For sure. Right. So just helping them change their perspective on it is huge. Um, and, and I really do believe like this, the pregnancy centers and the churches working together, we can, we can make abortion unthinkable because the churches have the manpower. I mean, I've seen churches provide cars. I've seen churches provide tuition. I've seen churches provide counseling. I mean, there's every there. And when I say church, it may be a building and a brick and mortar, but I'm meaning the people because we are the church and we all have resources strengths, talents, gifts that we all have to give in order to make abortion unthinkable. And so inspiring the church and the people to ask, like, what do you have to give? What, what obviously financial is great, but also what strengths and gifts do you have to help a single mom and help empower her to be able to make a, a life decision? Well, I appreciate, you know, your own, he turned your own mess into a miracle and you're For now sure. replicating that. And with, uh, you said 700 groups, and I mean, that's thousands and tens of thousands of, uh, of women who have been loved on. I, I know one of the highlights, or maybe not highlights, but one of the pictures of what you do is really wrapped up in this idea of a love box. And it was kind of fun to celebrate that at Sea Life. But where did that idea come from? I know it had, it's kind of have an arc of its own in your mm-hmm. ministry, but it's, but another great way to kind of um, partner with a local pregnancy center and Embrace Grace group. Yeah. So um, the love boxes came about because we used to give pregnancy centers flyers to give to the girls and say, hey, there's an Embrace Grace group at such and such church on Wednesday night, you know, down the street and they want you to come. But a, a lot of times they're kind of in tra- trauma mode and they, they get some paperwork at the pregnancy centers and sometimes it ends up in the floorboard of their car or maybe even in the trash because they don't want something in their car to be seen by their parents or, you know, someone that they love. So they don't even really look at it. So we came up with, well, what is something that they wouldn't throw away? What is something that is that they would really cherish? And so we came up with a love box and the love boxes are super cute. They have a onesie inside that says best gift ever. It has my first book, which is a bump in life. And again, it's just 20 stories of girls that chose life. It is not preachy. It is just real stories and it's an easy read. There's date rape, preacher kids, um, girls on drugs, girls, baby daddy shot and killed, girls that place their baby for adoption, just 20 unique stories. And then there's a journal about being brave and fearless. And there's a dear brave girl handwritten letter. But but the biggest thing is there's an invitation to a local Embrace Grace group. So those boxes are given to pregnancy centers that have Embrace Grace groups within 30 miles of their center. And then for free, and then they give those to the girls as an invitation to the local Embrace Grace group. So we we have shipped out, um, as of this taping, I'm not sure when it records, but we're in uh, September 2nd. And we have shipped out about 8,200 uh, boxes so far this year. 
uh, two pregnancy centers to be distributed to the girls. And we just hear so many testimonies, even like I said last night, several of them came from a pregnancy center. They all got love boxes and it all just, you know, one, one was saying it was the onesie to see the visual of like, there's a baby that that was what really inspired a life decision. And then there was one that said the book, she was a reader and a researcher. And so the book she can't put down and she was like, okay, well, if God did this for these girls in this book, then maybe God will do it for me too. And that's what really inspired her. Excellent. This is so. This is a a really good tool for the center then to to have on hand, so that they could give to a to a client. And it really is that bridge to that local church, which is often a challenge. Like, how do we how do we in the pregnancy center get her to go to that church? But you've kind of the Embrace Grace group kind of creates that environment. Is are they normally hosted at the church? Amy? Yeah, most um, of the time they're all at the church. Sometimes they're at pregnancy centers. If but they all have a covering of a church. So say it's a startup church that doesn't actually have a building. A lot of times they'll partner with a pregnancy center and say, we want to be the spiritual covering and authority of this group, but yet we would love to host it at your pregnancy center. We have a lot of pregnancy centers also that use Earn While You Learn for Embrace Grace. So they're able to call the church and say, hey, this girl said she showed up at Embrace Grace last night. And she's wanting to use you know, some bucks. Did she? Can you verify she came? And they're like, yeah, she came. So it's, it's really strengthening that partnership between the church and the center. Like we're doing this together. We're serving this mom together. And we're making a bigger impact because we're doing it together. And so it's a great relationship. And even when we have the baby showers, we uh, at the churches, we are always encouraging the leaders to have pregnancy center directors come and share at the baby shower, get up for a couple minutes and say, thank you so much for loving on my clients that in this way, we refer all of our girls to this church because we know that you're going to love them well and you're going to take care of them. And I think what happens is, is that it starts connecting with the church. Like a lot of, I ask so many, even pastors, I'm like, do you know what a pregnancy center is? And they're like, yeah. And so then I start talking about love boxes and they're like, wait, are you talking about a Planned Parenthood? I'm like, Okay, let's start from the beginning. Like they don't, they don't know. And so it starts connecting the dots with the church of like, oh, so this girl got a box at the pregnancy center. They showed her a sonogram, you know, they loved on her and then they referred her to the church to be discipled and loved on. And then they're still each of both, both the church and the pregnancy centers are serving these, this girl for, you know, the next few years for pregnancy centers forever for the church, if the girl will allow, you know, and stay connected to the spiritual family. So it's a really great partnership and it really opens the eyes of the church to what the pregnancy center is doing at a better level because they're sitting with the girl, they're watching her open her presence. They're hearing her story of how she chose life because she went to the center and it all starts clicking with the church. Excellent. What you just said a moment ago was something like I always, uh, of course we're doing this in audio, so you can't see my picture, but I always talk about like hold my fingers really close together. And there's this narrow window that involves this pregnancy where the pregnancy centers are really engaging with her, but the mm-hmm. church, and you know, this is where the arms are wide, right? The church is there from, from birth until death, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. The church is uniquely equipped to walk with her through all seasons of our lives, you know, from being children, which we are familiar with to that, that uh, those pregnancy times and the, you know, being married and then on to having, having children and then, having children who are having children, right? That's the, that's the beauty of the church as a whole. And so this is that great opportunity uh, that Embrace Grace uh, represents to really kind of connect them with something outside of the center itself to, to that 
organism that God really has created for all of us to be a part of, which is the church as a whole. I mean, really, pregnancy centers are just, I always call, always think of them as kind of the special operations, you know, the special ops team. They're, they're, we're not the Navy. We're not the Army. We're this really unique uh, unique group that's that's after kind of one area of life and uh, and life itself. But uh, it really exists in the context of something greater that God has created. Love that. That's so true. That's so good. So, Amy, I mean, I, 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 you and I get to intersect in different parts of the country all the time. And because <laughs> I just think you're like one of the busiest people I know. And yet you've had time to write a second book. Mm-hmm. Tell yes. me about that. Yeah, Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. And it's based on what I had said earlier about how I went to church my entire life, never knew there was a pro-life movement. So I'm like, I bet there's a lot of other people that are the same way. They don't know there's a pro-life movement. So I wanted to write a book that has practical ideas of how the church, meaning the people, can get involved in the pro-life movement. So it has over 300 practical ideas. It explains what pregnancy centers are, what um, the, the search and rescue team, people outside the sidewalk advocates, what but um, even mentoring a mom after the fact, the embrace grace part, the maternity homes, all of the different parts of the pro-life movement, whether they're helping spiritually, emotionally, or practically, but giving people the idea and the tools to know, oh, like I didn't know this exists and I want to uh, jump in and this is where I think I want to serve because I have strengths and gifts to do that. And we also have a Helper Be Brave podcast show where in in Jarrell, we've had you on where we highlight different um, pro-life ministries where all over the nation where people can get involved and giving people practical ideas through the show as well, because we just really think that the, the church, meaning the people, we can make abortion unthinkable if we all are doing our part, if we all are checking to see what's in our hand to be able to help a woman be brave and choose life. And so we just need to, we can't just vote a certain way and then expect everything to be magical and great. No, it's going to take way more than a vote. It's going to take all of us in this pro-life movement, serving and giving and loving on these moms and really help them um, because it's got it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his goodness that draws us to his side. So showing the love of Christ through whatever creative ways that you have, whatever hobbies and strengths you have can help a woman feel empowered in her life decision. Say that again. God's kindness leads us to repentance. And And goodness draws us to his side. That's great. I've heard you say that several times and it just always catches me. It's like, wow, that's so profound. Mm -hmm. Amy, thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for for being the champion that you are, tireless Mm -hmm. and fearless and uh, courageous. And thanks for being brave uh, in your own journey and then helping others be brave as well. And so we're, we're blessed by our partnership, our connection, by the ministry of Embrace Grace and uh, are grateful that you joined us today. Of course, I'm down anytime. You know I love you, Darrell. I'll probably see you in a week or two somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere. That's right, Amy. Thank you very much. Amy, can you let us know where we can find more information on Embrace Grace or where we can find your book? Yeah, helperbebrave.com and uh, embracegrace.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, thanks to our listeners for joining in and listening to this episode. Um, You can visit heartbeatinternational.org slash podcast and click subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And also be sure to check out pregnancyhelpnews.com to read articles and stories about the work of the pregnancy help movement around the world. Have a great and blessed rest of your day.